good morning, and welcome to the latest installment of the SUAS News Podcast Series, where we broadcast news, commentary, and views pertaining to unmanned systems, and we do all of that live. This week's episode, FAA Misomatic Part Quattro. I'm your host, Patrick Egan, and let's offer a warm welcome to our co-host, Mr. Gene Robinson. Hello, Patrick. Good day, sir, and how are you? Good, and if you couldn't tell, I've already been through a pot of coffee, and uh, now I'm moving on to the, uh, well, you know, the pot of coffee will do that to you. Now I'm on to the black tea, but, um, all right, well, uh, you know, before we get the show rolling today, I just did, I wanted to just take a second, and I wanted to say uh, that um, to the folks out there in Boston, you're you're in our thoughts and uh, prayers and everything else, and uh, yeah, I'm Hope they uh, everybody speedy recovery and everything else. Uh, it's a real tragedy. Anyway, moving along, uh, let's discuss this week's news. There's there's not much going on this week with the drones, right, Gene? No, there's never much going on anymore, Patrick. It's uh, it's just really we're having a hard time digging up anything to talk about, right? Right. Oh, it's crazy. I can't I uh, can't find anything. I'm like a cow in a cornfield looking for something to do. There is one thing that I want to bring up. We've gotten a couple of comments, and uh, you know, I'm sure that you have as well. When you go out and do your your speaking, that you know, gosh, seems like you guys are so negative, and and uh, you're down on the FAA and and this, that, and the other thing. And uh, unfortunately, it's kind of like being Hammurabi's messenger for us. Uh, We want to bring the good news. We'd love to bring the good news. And uh, if if you've been in business, in in this business, in the industry for as long as we have, uh, you know, I'm I've been in ten years, been incorporated eight, just solely doing unmanned aircraft. It's unfortunate that we can't say anything more positive about what's going on for the industry to to get us out there. I, we we don't we don't make this stuff up, and and it's unfortunate that it is by its nature negative it's not that we want to it's just that that's that's the way it works out now that being said i know we're going to try to you know try to move toward more positive things and there are there are a lot of positive things out there that we can talk about but uh anyway with that said i want to hand it back to you and we'll we'll start out with our our latest cheery note from the faa well it's like that old adage you know if you don't like the picture bring me a prettier model you know, uh, there's lots of good news in the rest of the world. I mean, I think we've uh, touched on that with the um, them flying the, the swarm over London for the Star Trek thing. I, I thought, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's gold, man. Um, I wish we had more of that here. I, you know, I don't know if I really went into details. Funny, that story broke. You know, we're over London flying 30 to 50 of these things in a swarm at night, you know, Heathrow Airport, yada, yada. And then, you know, uh, oh, here in the United States, we're going to fly one at night in restricted airspace and study it. I mean, I think that put pretty much puts it in a nutshell. We're not making this up. That's how it works. Uh, it's beyond me. You know, the rest of the world is doing it. And even as I put in the, the leader for the show, it, it's getting the the like FAA leading the way thing is getting kind of obtuse. Uh, I mean, it's bizarre, really. So... Um, you know, we'll, we'll launch into that. Uh, as the title of the show so aptly put it, the, the FAA Missomatic Part Quattro, 
The Mismatic, for those that don't know, is a uh, thing that Gary put up on the suasnews.com uh, website, and it basically has a running calendar, or not a calendar, but a counter of when things were supposed to happen. And, of course, I don't have that page pulled up right now, but uh, I'm going to do that right now. And we'll run some of those dates by. <clears throat> and it's kind of embarrassing uh, in the sense that, okay, the Mismatic, the NPRM, we are one year and five months out, okay? The test site thing, eight months overdue. So uh, this isn't, you know, like, oh, hey, we, uh, you know, we're, we're, it's going to be a month or two or whatever else. The, the other thing to keep into consideration, too, the, the small UAS ARC uh, recommendations uh, were put out, let's say, uh, four years ago this month. And uh, no action on that. Yeah, that's the uh, committee that you served on too, Patrick. And uh, as I recall, the focus was is we're going to take care of the small unmanned aircraft first and get those out because small is easy, right? Right, right. Well, what ha- what keeps happening is a reoccurring <clears throat> notion is uh, standards groups and all the other work, what happens, they keep talking about the small. Oh, got to keep doing the small. Whoop, well, it's a small. And then uh, the conversation five minutes later is talking about, uh, you know, Global Hawk and Predator and the larger systems. And uh, the conversation always goes there. I mean, they have an arc going now with the big stuff. It's like, you know, you got four years, you didn't get the little stuff going. Now you're working on the big stuff. It's kind of embarrassing. So, Anyway, um, you know, <clears throat> everybody's waiting. Uh, we thought we were going to see some light at the end of the tunnel. What does this le- what does this latest push mean? The latest push means uh, that the uh, it pushes us out to 2014, really. First quarter. That's what that's what this slide to the right means. Um, unless there's some, you know, other uh, miracle. That's what that's looking like now. I did call the administrator yesterday, and uh, I left a message. You know, they they were I think they were a little surprised. I told them who I was, and I said I was calling from Arcapa, and I was kind of concerned about the small unmanned aircraft systems as far uh, 107, and uh, I'd be interested in, in, in talking to the administrator about how he plans to manage this program to move the ball forward. The, uh, the 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 woman on the phone sounded a little surprised, but uh, I'm still waiting on that. I, I did not get the call back yet, so if you hear the phone ring in the background and it goes silent for a little bit, Gene, that's me talking to the okay, administrator. I, I okay. Take over. Yeah, you you handle that call from the administrator, and I'll take over from there. That would be that would be a good thing to do. I'm waiting right now. I got the phone in my hand. However, um, nothing yet on that. I did call also to and left a message for the uh, head of the new UASIO, Mr. Jim Williams, and he did call me back this morning, but it was 6 o'clock, and that's before I had my first cup of coffee, and I don't like to talk on the phone until I've downed at least one cup. So to their credit, he did call me back. We'll have to. I wish I got to talk to him because I would like to get a little insight. They do not really want to come on the show. I think some folks are afraid of the kid lighting them up. I, I don't know why. I'm always trying to be uh, very respectful to our guests, but whatever. Maybe someday. Um, so you know, we went we went through that a little bit. Uh, would you know? Maybe uh, you could give the listeners your take on the slide 
Gene. From a small business perspective, it's just, uh, you know, uh, another lash with the whip, if you will. Uh, unfortunately, if you've been in business for any amount of time in this industry, you've probably gone through all the equity in your house and your line of credit is about tapped out and your credit cards are reaching their max. And uh, each as each one of these things takes place, it's another one of those situations of how long do you hang on? Do you, do you keep do you keep that dream alive to, to bring the UA to market that you've designed or do you go ahead and pack it up and see if there are any positions at Walmart that you can fill? And it's it, it keeps getting pushed and it and it's like the the, the death by a thousand lines. You know, it's it, it's just a small little cut. It's not that big of a deal. You only move it a couple of months, but in terms of the Fed, like you say if they don't release the NPRM until October, uh, then we've got three months comment period and then probably a couple of months to assemble the comments before they do anything with it. So first quarter is optimistic. Second quarter is, is probably more realistic before they even aggregate the comments. Um, and then uh, as far as getting the SFAR out, you know that, that things like that, Moves glacially slow. Mm, mm. Well, so hey. a projection fourth quarter, maybe of fourteen. You know, maybe pushing into fifteen. Of course, they said fifteen. You know, before they would come out with a small rule. But I'm thinking with the process, that's that's slid by about a year. Right. Well, I mean, you know, we're, I'm at the. Uh... I got to be honest with you. I mean, it it is uh, it's bizarre. I mean, it's getting bizarre. The um, I, I mean, really, I I think I don't know. I mean, I, I sometimes I want to just throw my hands up and say, uh, you know, I mean, if if I worked there, uh, I the type of person that I am, I, I would have a hard time showing my face. You know, I, I mean, I just <laughs> what do you say? After so many years of of nothing, what do you say? You know, I mean, I, I, I don't know if people have noticed that I've been posting in some of the other, like, you know, LinkedIn and, and some of the other uh, forums or whatever, because I haven't really had time to write stories because i got a few things going on, um, you know, that I'm trying to do. Name one of the other stories, that commercial or the business show that we'll talk about, but uh uh, you know, I, I, what you got the CAP 722 thing going. You got you know SFOC thing in Canada. You've got you know Australia's. Uh, they've got a, a commercial association put together. All these countries, Japan. You know, fourteen thousand operators. It's it's definitely Emperor's New Clothes here. I mean, it's just it is bizarre. And to say you know, hey, we're leading the way, or I mean, every excuse that I've heard, it, it just doesn't make any sense. So. Uh, it's it's kind of bizarre. Uh, it's just telling me that there's nobody there that's ready to or has the will to do anything there. But it's still it doesn't matter. I mean, like we've talked about before, you have a uh, it's an underground, above ground economy. And you know, I don't know if we've talked about this on the program. The thing that really kind of well, one of the things that gets my goat because I got a whole herd of goats that been gotten. But uh, the only people that they can, the FAA can really come down on for operating are guys 
that know the rules of the road and have pilot's licenses. And I and I know you can speak to this, uh, Gene, because uh, you have a pilot's license, correct? That is correct. And uh, indeed, that's one of the things that's always mentioned as far as uh, the punitive measures that can come down. Now, um, you know, we've discussed some of the other aspects of, of getting out into the mass and discussed them with uh, some of the FAA FISDOs. And they do, they can actually fine individuals $10,000, up to $10,000, for careless and reckless uh, flying in the NAS, regardless of what it is. They can do that. Now, whether that's been done or not, to my knowledge, I don't think anybody that has flown a UA or is flying a UA has ever received a fine of that nature. And as far as I know, I don't think an unmanned aircraft operator has ever lost a pilot's license. I, I really don't want to be the first one, but uh, I don't believe that anybody has actually had their ticket pulled by the FAA for that. So, uh, I mean, there, there are things that they can do. It's just that, you know, I think that due to the political commentary that you just made earlier, I think that the FAA knows that there are guys out there that are operating safely, and they really don't do anything until someone actually complains about it. Because by right. law, if if someone is gets a complaint, they have to react to it. So again, it's going to be one of those situations of, of who did you take off? Uh, if you get the cease and desist letter. Somebody was ticked off, and I think that you're going to find that in the current perception that the public has, you're going to have more and more John Q. citizens calling in with that complaint versus, say, a competitor or someone who is trying to do the same sort of thing. Wouldn't you agree, right. Patrick? I, I would. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I just, uh, it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, it's bizarre to me. But whatever. You know, um, hopefully they're they're learning some lessons through. I mean, they've had plenty of years to collect some data, and I don't laugh out loud, <laughs> but you know, on uh, some enforcement ideas. But anyway, all right. Well, you know, enough of that one. Um, it's unfortunate. Uh, we, but you know, this isn't the only country on the planet. There's lots of uh, action in other countries, and things are happening, and we're hearing a lot of good stories from around the world about this technology being used in positive ways. Every, I mean, every day now at DSUS News, there's some story. It's either anti-poaching or, you know, firefighting or whatever else. And then so what, what I want to do now, um, let's uh, – I want to – I'm going to – I had to schedule the segment three, but I think it's a better segue. And it's the uh, Berkeley Drone Town Hall meeting. And oh, yes. This is extremely interesting. Yes, this one's going to be good. The uh, dynamic duo referenced in the title of uh, what I wrote and put out there uh, is none other than Chad Partridge and myself. And um, I kind of see this as a real opportunity to forge a sort of working with the community type of effort. Um, many folks have apprehension and concerns about privacy uh, when it comes to unmanned aircraft, and I, you know, even making when they made contact with us, um, I, I talked to them, and I told them that my hat is off to Berkeley as they are actually trying to bring together all of the interested parties into the conversation. Uh, I commended them for that. That's kind of what I've been espousing on the show and in my writing and on the uh, SUS News and in the forums and whatever else. 
bring all of the interested parties into the conversation. So everybody knows what you're talking about. I think that uh, you are about to go into the breach because, as we know, the folks out at Berkeley tend to be pretty passionate in their views. And uh, the fact that you're going to go in there and discuss and to engage these folks in something that we know in Berkeley has been a very uh, uh, spirited debate, I think is commendable. I think that uh, you're going to get some some really interesting comments, and I, I hope you're wearing your stainless steel underwear when you go in. Well, you know, um, we talk about um, some of this stuff here on the show weekly. It's not just all problems, you know. That's another thing is uh, I don't want people to think that we're just caught up on the problems. We're actually out here, of, uh, you know, being proactive and putting these notions uh, espoused to the test. Um, you know, this isn't a science yet, Dr. Livingston. Uh, I think that me and you and others are, I mean, we're, we're going right into the wilderness, you know, and we're hacking out a future for this industry. And that's how I feel about this Berkeley thing. Now, I've told them, you know, um, I'm ready to go there and I am ready to talk about all subjects. Nothing's off the table unless it is deemed uh, classified secret and I can't talk about it. But besides that, I'll talk about whatever. These people, though, the thing is, is I think what's wrong with the, the industry spokespeople that usually go out there, these folks, are, they're not going to buy the canned goods. You know, uh, They're not going to, if there's uh, even a whiff of disdain for them, uh, they're going to they're gonna smell it and they're going to be all over you like uh, you know some hyenas on a zebra carcass. They know that. Going in. You know, I'm under no illusions that uh, I'm going into the uh, friendly zone. If people are looking uh, for some perspective on what are, I'm going and what I'm going to do, I would suggest that you go back and uh, listen to the show. I forget which uh, exact episode it was, but the Drone Law Takeaway episode. And that was um, me and Chad Partridge. We talked about uh, our experience at UC Berkeley Law. I, you know, I had about 20 people sitting up front with the no drone stickers on, and um, you know, not to say that it's this is going to be happen again, but I was able to, um, and I wouldn't say win those people over because they still have uh, apprehension about, uh, let's say, certain aspects of of drones, and and mainly the the one that's uh, with the bulbous nose with the missiles on it, which I'm not there to defend. I'm not, I'm not going to defend that. Um, and anybody at this point in the game who's defending that is really kind of setting themselves up for failure. What I'm out there, de- I'm not even defending. I don't, I don't really feel like I'm defending. What I'm out there doing is proselytizing and espousing the positives that I know from real-world uh, experience uh, this type of technology can do uh, in its applications. And I think that that is where um, if you go in and you're genuine, I'm not trying to hide anything. I'm not really trying to sell anything. I think that's kind of been the shtick all along for for me. It's very strange for people. Uh, my my let's say association with the advocacy effort. People are always asking, what, what's this Egan guy's angle? What's he doing here? What's he selling? What's he got? And to be honest, I'm not selling anything but a future 
for um, you know small business people to get into this this business. Gene, would you agree with that, or are you you seeing something else? You have always towed that line pretty well, Patrick, and I've kind of wondered about that myself. And it's one of the reasons that I'm here, actually, is because of that no strings kind of advocacy. And you're right. When you engage these people and say, what's it going to take? What do you need to feel comfortable with this technology? That's the approach to take. I mean, if if you speak to these people and, and let them vent their frustrations and vent their, their fears and, and you can comment intelligently on their their concerns, then they become educated. And as they become more educated, they become more accepting of the uses, the positive uses of the unmanned aircraft technology that we have been talking about for the last 45 shows. Yeah, and well, it, go ahead. I'm sorry. Stepped on you. No, I, I'm just saying. I mean, there, there's a ton of information there. And maybe some of these folks will go back and pick up some of these other uh, podcasts and listen to them and, and get a little wider understanding. And, and that's what it's all about. I commend you for that. I really do. And and I, I wish you the best of luck. I, I will tell you that, you know, being from Texas and everything I've heard from Berkeley, I'm, I'm kind of in fear for your yourself there. But <laughs> I commend you for, for doing that. Well, you know, I uh, like I said, there's a certain way that you have to deal with these folks. Um, I think you have to be open, you have to be honest, and you can't have contempt for them. I mean, they have obvious concerns. But I will say, um, you know, people have uh, – I was talking to a reporter from Florida yesterday, and they have this notion about California and everyone's, you know, driving a Prius and they're all open-minded and all the rest of that. Uh, not so much. You know, uh, I don't, uh, it was an election a couple of years ago and, uh, you know, I put, I had out on my lawn, let's say the Republican candidates sign out there. And every day when I'd come home from work, it was gone. <laughs> Take up doing cardboard and spray paint. But anyway, uh, so it's not as open-minded as we would think. I went to another drone protest on uh, Saturday and actually I was on the phone with Eugene before I, I went into the, uh, the lion's den there. And uh, it was pretty interesting. You know, I, I again, you know, I actually had some of the postcards for the Small Unmanned Systems Business Exposition, which is the next segment. And I said, hey, you know, not all drones are bad and you should keep an open mind. And uh, I was looking at the or giving these to people and some people didn't want to hear it, but I could win them over. I say, hey, you know, uh, you have a problem with feeding a hungry world. Uh, well, no. You know, OK, science. Eh, no. All right. Um, the only one that uh, I couldn't convince was a, a an older lady with a walker who was mugging me hard. I was uh, telling her, I'm like, not all drones are bad. <laughs> she didn't want to hear it. Uh, so I didn't press it. But, you know, uh, some people are open-minded. Other people are not open-minded. But it's our job. Even You're not going to win everybody over all the time. But I think if we go there, um, the town hall thing, you know, as I heard the setup was um, – People had come to the city council and they said, uh, hey, uh, you know, we want to ban the drones. We don't want any drones here. And the fire department came and said, oh, no, hey, wait a minute. You know, um, we, we don't want to do that. Uh, we, we want to use this. And uh, same with the police. They came there and they said, hey, you know, wait a minute. We want to use this. And, you know, we still we have uh, UC Berkeley there. And uh, there's people there that want to use these for science and everything else. So those people will also be part of the conversation. 
And I have to say that even uh, getting the brief on that, they were even even my affiliation, and this this kind of uh, this came through. They invited AUBSI, and then since I'm the local guy at the Silicon Valley chapter, they were asked me if I was interested in doing this, and I made contact with the guy, and you know I'm trying to feel him out. I don't. Uh, I really don't want to be thrown to the lions. If if you don't want to have a conversation, then it probably wouldn't be worth my going. Um, but they were a little apprehensive about my stance, like if I was going to be uh, the uh, pro-military guy, which, you know, the military does have its uses for it and everything else. But pr- primarily what I want to talk about are the commercial and civil uses domestically. I don't even really think that the military part of it has a part in this conversation because we're talking about um, a municipality or city using it. And um, and I do think that I will also have an opportunity to speak to some of the uses. And it sounds to me that even, let's say, the uh, firefighting and the, the police are not sure of all of the applications for this from feeling that out in the conversation and talking about things that could be done. Um, so sure. I think it's going to be a chance to educate everyone. And I will say that I did, I, and I hope you don't mind, Gene, but I did send your, uh, a copy of your book to um, the Peace and Justice uh, Foundation there and to the um, fire, basically fire rescue and also disaster relief people. And I, and I said, well, maybe you can look at this for some uh, background. We do have a caller. Well, I'm glad, you know. I, that's, uh, I appreciate that, Gene. That's another thing, you know, you're helping out the industry, uh, you're helping out the community, and I appreciate that. And all your time here on the show. We have a caller. Should we take one? Sure, go ahead. All right. Caller. You're, you're on, caller. Are you there? Hello. I don't understand this. What do people get on there and they can't hear? Or... I don't know. All right. Well, uh, we'll leave that mic hot. I don't know. Maybe they just uh, got on there and I don't know what they they were doing. We'll try one more time. Caller, are you there? I'm not hearing the caller. Dang. Okay. Well, um, then I'll throw out uh, one quick thing here as far as the book is concerned. Uh, yeah, I, I I think it's been, you know, a good positive tool for us to throw out there and I've been I threatened it after the last book but my editor beat me up so bad on that one and it was such a traumatic experience uh, that uh, I had to wait a while before I I could forget it, that that whole thing and, and consider writing again but uh, I think that uh, I've got enough material down that uh, I'm going to do the, the second installment of the book which is going to be more of the missions, actually it's going to be nothing but missions as you know, we've been doing this since like 2005, and uh, there there are a lot of missions that uh, I think that we could detail and write out some of the things that we've had to contend with and overcome, and the people that we've had to deal with, and uh, of course the, the the politics and the the legal aspects of it as well. So. That's in the works now. We're going to try to get that put together, and uh, my my editor is chomping us a bit to be able to vlog me some more over my writing skills. But uh, uh, I think that's going to be a good book, and I think it'll be probably even more entertaining than the the, the dry kind of technical stuff. Because in my own inimitable style, I'm going to have to you know give my view of the things that went down on these searches, and you know most of them are they don't have happy endings. Unfortunately, that's 
the, the way it goes with search and rescue and search and recovery. But uh, I think from a learning standpoint, I think that there's a lot of folks out there that could uh, relate and, and look at it and read it and say, you know what, we'll avoid that one this time by having this knowledge. So with that said, uh, there's your official announcement. Uh, the, the first to deploy second volume will be coming out here in the next few months. All right. Well, that's exciting and informative. Uh, you know, uh, I, I've, I've heard some feedback about the book, and it just blows people away. I, uh, you know, some some folks, you know, if you don't want to reinvent the wheel, you get it here. And that is one other thing I want to touch back on. Um, you know, I, I suggest that people go back and listen to the Drone Law uh, Talk Takeaway. But uh, to be honest, you should listen to all 45 of of these programs. Oh, because yeah, yeah there's there's some really good information in there. Oh, there's gold. There is gold in every episode. You got to know where to look. You know, I mean, I'm not uh, just doling out the gold. You got to look for the gold. But we got gold every week. I mean, people, I get I, I get interviewed, and I'm not big timing, but I get interviewed several times a week for different publications or websites or whatever. And I tell people they want to know about drones. I go, Have you seen the podcast? Oh no, I didn't know there was a podcast. There's a podcast. I got every topic that you just asked me about, there's, there's probably a podcast on it. Go over there, get the gold. I mean, I, that's the other thing is people say, oh, you know, this guy is a visionary and you guys talk about the stuff out in the future and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, having offline conversations with you, Gene, and talking about some of the show matter or, or the show subject matter, I'm just like, man, I, I mean, we've given, you know, predictions of the future how to go about this, how to uh, get into this industry, what to think about, what to do. Um, and people will say, oh, well, I hired a consultant to do this. You know, who's this? Con- oh, you know, it's so-and-so. I've never heard of them. Did they tell you to do this? No. You should listen to the podcast because you're going to get more gold over there for less money. But uh, it, it's hard, I think, to be plugged into the right circles for people that are doing certain things. And also, I've I've found a lot of people in this uh, industry are a little bit um, well, they're mavericks for sure. I could say that without uh, without hesitation, and they think that they've got it figured out, and that's fine, whatever you know. But uh, you wanna you wanna be a heavy hitter, you wanna come out here, you wanna be a player in this thing. I mean, I there, we talked about offline. I think that there's a couple of uh, potential dominators that are ready to jump into this market, and there are ways that they. Yeah, I mean, uh, even that uh, short conversation we had, there's ways that they could just jump in here, assuage all of the uh, misgivings, jump in, dominate, take over, and uh, we would be on the outside of our industry looking in. So, you know, it's uh, it's all a first-to-market thing, so, you know, whatever you want to do, I don't know. Um but uh, one other thing I want to do now, we before we get into the last segment here, which is going to be uh, another part of the bright side of the podcast, is the small unmanned systems business exposition. I want to. Uh, it's time to pet the pooch here and pay the rent. So we'll uh, hear from this week's sponsor, uh, Hood Tech. Today's podcast is sponsored by Hood Technology. Experts in advanced EOIR gyro-stabilized four-axis imaging systems for small UAS. The company offers low-swap payloads integrating EO, MWIR, and lasers to provide unparalleled long-range imaging from moving platforms. Visit www.hoodtech.com for more information. 
H-O-O-D-T-E-C-H dot com. All right, and that segues us right into the Small Unmanned Systems Business Exposition, uh, which is coming on uh, in San Francisco on July 25th and 26th of 2013 at the Tech Shop in San Francisco at uh, www.techshop.ws. That's to see the venue. Um, this show uh, is being produced primarily by SUAS News. Um, there are some other people involved or other entities involved, but primarily it's SUAS News that's doing all the heavy lifting on this. And uh, this show, uh, basically, we believe, because we're all about business and small business, we believe that it's time. The time has come, and this is going to be the first of its kind on the planet. We're going to uh, have people there that have made money in this field, uh, that are making money in this field, and other folks will be talking, like, say, insurance industry and lawyers, talking uh, more about indemnifying oneself from liability and the other trials and tribulations of business. Um, and I know we've talked a lot about this, me and Eugene, and Gary, and uh, you know Angelique, and Emil, and the whole gang uh, about what this means to the community. And uh, maybe you could give your perspective on what it means to the community, Gene. Well, I think the unique perspective of it being strictly civilian and small business, well, not necessarily small, but small to medium business, is going to be the big draw. And I think you mentioned something about drone pro- protesters get in free or something like that. But anyway, that's not, that's another deal. But, uh, again, this is going to be something that the small business can sink their teeth into. It can be something that civilian entities can sink their teeth into and see what's out there, what can be done, and how they can utilize it. And, again, informational, educational, it's going to be all of those things. We've got some great speakers going to be coming in, excluding myself. But uh, it's going to be a good show, I think, and it's going to be a lot of stuff out there that people are going to going to be drawn to, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be very powerful, I think. Well, uh, you know, you did bring up a good point. You will not see any air superiority gray aircraft. Um, you're not going to see, you know, it's not that I want to exclude, let's say, I mean, if, uh, company X makes a, uh, let's say a product that's used for farming, then they wouldn't be excluded. But, uh, you know, if you want to see air superiority, gray aircraft or pictures of sandy places or whatever, there's, there's a million shows. Well, not a million, but there's multiple shows that you could go to. And, and that's great. Um, You know, it's fun to look at all the hardware and all the rest of that, but that's not really what the deal is here. What the deal is here, the whole ethos behind this show is, is you're going to come here, you're going to hear from people like Tad McGear, okay? Uh, Tad McGear, for folks that don't know, uh, was the guy that came up with Scan Eagle. Scan Eagle was designed to spot tuna fish, okay? Uh, Also, Aerosond. There's a great picture, and I lost it on uh, my hard drive crash, but... Tad's garage, uh, you know, and they got a bench in the garage, and there's an aerosan on the bench, you know, and there's the washer and dryer, you know, with the box of Tide on it and everything else. And that's, that is really, that picture for me kind of solidifies the, the, the small business uh, part of this industry. 
You know, people are talking about, oh, you know, um, oh, it's it's magical and all the rest of this. A lot of this came out of the RC world. Um, you know, I think that uh, some of the manufacturers, like let's say, uh, in situ with the integrator, is um, they're moving away from RC and making their own parts and designing their own parts, and they're having teething problems. But uh, as you could probably attest to, Gene, a lot of this stuff is available off the shelf. True, Paul. And there's even there's, there's even some more higher end stuff available off the shelf than uh, RC gear. Uh, we've got uh, servos and actuators that uh, are available from Germany that are made of titanium and right. uh, all metal housings, and you know they have uh, the sealed pots in them. And there's there's stuff out there that even on a civilian basis you could get to very easily and upgrade your aircraft significantly just by making that switch. So, you know, it's it's out there. Well, and that's what you're going to hear about at the show, you know. Uh, Again, you know, the Aeroson was uh, developed to do science. It's a sond. Okay, it's still out there, and people are using it. Uh, that so that's Tad. You're going to hear about that. And he's got a new product out, and it's actually the uh, flex rotor, which is on the cover of the uh, flyer for the show. We got Rory Paul, who's doing a lot of ag work. He's going to talk about uh, agricultural applications uh, for unmanned aircraft systems. We got uh, Chad Partridge, uh, who is part of the dynamic duo. Uh, trying, you know, we're trying to um, do this, uh, assuage some of the privacy fears, which. One other thing I want to say about that, if we are successful, which there, you know, I'm not under any uh, delusions of grandeur where I think we're going to just march in there and, you know, uh, sell people that uh, drones are great. But if we can build on a template um, in Berkeley and come to some sort of uh, an agreement there, I think uh, Chad and I could probably take that show on the road and help communities around the world. But He'll be talking. He'll be talking about uh, his business. He's uh, he does uh, he works for Two D Three Sensing, and they do a bunch of uh, geolocating for video, uh, some three D stuff, interesting stuff. You're gonna you're gonna learn about that. We got Chris Anderson from Three D Robotics, and he's always uh, a lively speaker. He loves to come out and whip the crowd up into uh, how these things are going to be everywhere, delivering pizzas and tacos. We got Dr. Lemieux from the Unmanned Vehicle University. People all the time, what you know? Oh, tell me about the Unmanned Vehicle University. What's going on over there? You know, he's got as much going on as anybody else. So, yeah. you know, th- this is a new industry. Um, not all of the rules are written. People keep saying uh, that, you know, but uh, we we see stories about RTCA and it's been ten years and they don't have anything. And ASTM, it's been God, you know, what eight years. They don't have anything. Nobody's really got anything on the standards over here in the United States. You know, we got Cap 722, and people are flying swarms of drones over London at night, but that's another story. I don't want to rub salt in the wounds. But anyway, those are the types of uh, things you're going to hear about at the show. Also, we're, we're hoping that we're going to have the people from Hill and Usher come out. I, I talked to um, them about speaking, about the insurance. Still, you know, a lot of people don't know that insurance is available. It is available. Okay? You can go out and get insurance. Today. Exactly. Uh, interesting note on that. I did talk to uh, Mr. Usher about that. Um only been one claim. They've been now. You remember we did this. We we got the insurance thing with our Kappa going with our test and everything else, yeah. and that was 
That was what, back in 2006? I think so. It was about six years ago, yep. Okay, so even with that, okay, the, they've had one liability claim, and it was one uh, bumped into a car door, and they had to pay to get the car door bodywork or whatever. That has been the only liability claim in all those years. So there's an not interesting bad. tidbit for you. Yeah, you know, it's not bad. Other thing is I've got some, uh, some lawyers. They're actually uh, aviation attorneys that are talking about uh, coming out, and they definitely want to speak to this. They see this as the future of aviation. A lot of work to be done. So it'll be good for business people to come out and say, hey, uh, you know, what types of things do I need to know? I mean, you know, we talk about a lot of the application stuff all the time, but we don't really dive into the, let's say, the boring stuff of being in business. But that boring stuff is going to allow you. Yeah, if you have a lawyer, isn't that kind of a sign of a validation or something? (laughs) If a lawyer gets involved. It is, but it's also, you know, hey, had a, you know, I, I make a joke about, uh, you know, do you, do you own a house? Are you married? Do you like your house? Do you like your wife? Because when the, you know, if you don't have liability insurance and you don't indemnify yourself, you don't have your business set up correctly, and God forbid something happens, uh, you know, and the sheriff comes and takes your house, and you know, your wife's probably going to be hot under the collar and split, and it's going to be you and the pooch, you know, going down that lone lonesome road. So. You know, uh, that's what we're trying to educate people. Now, the other thing I'm trying to do is I've already invited uh, staff from my congressperson's office to come. We're also going to go down to the Capitol here in California, and we're going to hand out postcards and invite policymakers. I want policymakers. I want business people. I want this cross-pollinization. I have invited the uh, Rice Growers Association and Cattlemen's Association to send a representative out. What I would really like, this is what this would... For me, this would be a uh, show success, is to have someone, say, from Cattlemen's or Rice Growers come out and say, this is an issue I have, Mr. Uh, you know, Unmanned Aircraft Systems Operator. What could you do for me? Okay, great. Here's what we could do. I could come out. I could fly. I could give you this information. I could do this. You're going to up the yield, lessen the inputs, blah, blah, blah. You're going to make more money. And it's really not going to be anything out of pocket because it will come out of the profit that you're making. Oh, that's great. You know, then sign me up. Okay, Mr. Cattleman. Well, you know, I need to do this. And I got this problem with my cows. And what can you do? Oh, I could do this. And then I could tell you how the grass is going to be and blah, blah, blah. That, to me, would be the success. And, I, you know, I guess everybody has their own version of success. But to me, the cross-pollinization of ideas and then to have policymaker people in the room to go, wow, you know, I, know, I didn't know that. I just thought, you know, you think about a drone, it does this, blah, blah, blah. You know, wow, that's amazing. So really, this could be a boost for our economy. Does that sound like that makes education. sense to you, Gene, or am I nuts? No, education. The more people know, the, the better they are at uh, coming up with great new ideas and that's what this industry is all about, is get those folks involved and get them to thinking about how a UA can help them do their job better or to increase yields, like you say, or or to track down that lost calf or whatever. And that's right. what this is all about. And hopefully the, the expo will get those people in there and they'll they'll start thinking about that. Exactly. And there are sponsorship opportunities. Uh, if you want to email me, I will pass you on to the right people, patrick at suasnews.com. 
sponsorship opportunities. Uh, we got a deal going where uh, students with student ID get a reduced rate to get in. Uh, we also have a few tables for businesses, micro or small businesses that will be low cost. Uh, they're going to be na- there's only a few of those, so they'll be drawn out of a hat. But we want to give everyone an opportunity to uh, come hear, show. This is your chance uh, to get out there and talk to the pros that have already been in the business. It's also your chance to come out and showcase what you have. We're also looking for some speakers, which will be uh, drawn out of a hat. Um, so, you know, if you're interested in that, again, Patrick at suasnews.com, and we'll get you to the right person or take your name. You know, you give us the five points what you want to talk about because there are people, oh, I want to talk about my product or whatever. I'm looking for something a little bit more global, let's say, but uh, it'll be up to the committee to pick. Uh, but a great opportunity for uh, everyone to cross-pollinate and see what we got here. And as always, Gene, you know, every week I'm like, oh, 45 minutes, can we do it? We're out of time. Um, so all I have to say is uh, thank you, sir. That's one more high-quality show in the can, and we will see everyone next week for a, uh, another conversation, captivating conversation. Sounds great. Everyone take care.